All right. It's just how much I listen, right? Hey, um, welcome, everyone. I see some new faces. Hey, we started a new series last week called Understanding Spiritual Gifts. And so um, this is a good one. Thanks, Diener. You're the man. I don't care what my wife says about you. <laughs> hey, <either>. hey. <laughs> We're going to be reading most of everything out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today. But um, there's four main passages that speaks of spiritual group, uh, like gifts in the New Testament. And you can find them in 1 Peter chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, Romans chapter 12, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so realistically, if you are a note taker, uh, I want to remind you guys, man, this is super imperative as the body of Christ that you don't just listen to what some guy tells you and that become your doctrine. Uh, you should study what you believe. And, uh, and you have to understand, really, uh, there's, for the most part, as a Christian um, church, we believe much of the same thing that a lot of churches believe. But this is one of the subjects that you can find difference of opinions in, in churches. And so, uh, as uh, and me, I believe that all of the gifts are uh, alive and active and should be alive in our local church. And so uh, that doesn't mean that they are, but uh, my prayer is that we get there. Does that make sense? Uh, there's a lot of things that I think should be alive in our lives, in our marriages, in our finances, and doesn't mean that they are. And, and we, sometimes we have to take ownership of those things and figure out how to, how to get there. Uh, this is a growing process. Anyways, uh, I'm going to start off by reading today 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 through 11. And uh, we read this last week and it says, the end of the world is coming soon. If you've been on Facebook recently, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, therefore be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show, listen to this, most important of all, continue to show a deep love for each other for love covers a multitude of sins. Love that man. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. For God has given each of you a gift of his great variety of spiritual gifts. He has given each of you a gift. He has given each of you a gift. The Lord has given each of you a gift. And he says, if you have the gift of speaking, then go ahead and speak as if you're an oracle of God. If you have the gift of helping others, then, then, then do it uh, with all of your strength. Uh, and you will bring glory to God through Jesus and all glory and power to him forever. Amen. He's saying that I gave a gift to each of you. Well, last week, we wanted to just kind of, uh, I'm going to go quickly over last week's brutally long message. I set a goal of like 15 minutes every week. I never even come close to that. Like 15 minutes is not real. But anyways, um, last week we talked about how uh, God the Father gave you a gift. That gift was Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave. And, uh, and Jesus said that uh, I'm going to go away and I have, I'm, I'm going to give you a gift that uh, you won't have if I don't leave. And that gift was the Holy Spirit. And uh, the Holy Spirit has the worst rap amongst the church today. And people look at him like he's the least of important. But man, I got to tell you, good luck being a Christian without him. And so it's so important that we understand how to live um, in the Holy Spirit and, and find wisdom in the Holy Spirit. And otherwise, I mean, because you can find wisdom in this world, but it's, it's not the same as eternal wisdom. 
And uh, that's, a, that's a different scenario. But anyways, and so the Holy Spirit has a gift for you. Um, and uh, we know them as the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, what's important for you to understand that uh, here in First Peter, he said that each of you have received a gift. We could see that God gave you his son and his son gave you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has placed something inside each of you. And, and I, I, I think that there's a lot of people today still trying to figure out their purpose. Like, what does God want me to do? And this is important that we figure this out because you were designed to make a difference. And, and more importantly, you have to understand, you were designed to make an eternal difference. Um, man, that's huge. And I, I learned a long time ago that the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given me are actually not mine. They're, they're yours. I think it's so funny. As a parent, we wrap up all these gifts at Christmas time and give them to our kids. And then they open them. And the first thing that happens is that they, they claim them as their own. And then we discipline them for not sharing them. <laughs> it wasn't for you. It was for everyone, you know. And so I, I want you to understand that the gift that God has given you, you'd be a fool to keep that. Uh, and so really the hope of the church is for us to figure out how to do this thing together. Uh, because God has placed a gift inside each of you. As we dive into these four chapters or these four passages, they're all going to have a common theme. They're all going to name a few gifts. Uh, they're all going to talk about the purpose of these gifts. And they're all going to talk about the problem with these gifts. And uh, they're all actually um, going to talk about the, the difference of the gifts. And so anyways, I'm going to jump with you really quick to Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm just going to just read this one time. I, I could try to find a way to just get it in the message, and I couldn't, but I didn't want to leave it out. So I think there's some nuggets here that you have to understand in Ephesians chapter 4. It says this, that now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. He gave apostles. He gave, uh, he gave apostles. He gave prophets. He gave evangelists. He gave pastors, and he gave teachers. Uh, this is the gift. Some people know this as the five-fold ministry. Uh, the apostle, the prophet, he's the, the, the apostle does all these things. He's super zealous. All he wants to do is everything. This, this guy could be annoying. Uh, uh, the, the prophet, um, he's the pointer. He's the one that's always going to tell you what you did wrong. No one likes the prophet. That's why in the Old Testament they were all killed. Uh, the evangelist uh, is the one that reaches out. Uh, he's the one, man, if, 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 if it's not for this guy, uh, we'd... Um, We'd just stay together. We would never grow. The evangelist is the one that's reaching out. The pastor, he marries the church. Uh, he, he deals with all of the, the nonsense, the, all the yuck. Uh, and the teacher is the foundation. To, to, he's what brings this together. And um, so anyways, that's the fivefold. And then it goes on to say here in verse 13, he says, their responsibility, the fivefold, is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up his church, the body of Christ. Uh, and this will continue until we all reach such unity in our faith uh, and knowledge in God's Son, and that will be uh, mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So their job is really uh, difficult. And uh, what is really important that you have to understand is you think of the church. We have seen so many churches, so many different flavors, so many different ideas, so many different personalities, so many different uh, television channels. We, we've seen a lot of different uh, kind of church. And uh, I, what I know is I want our church to grow. I want our church to grow. I want our church to grow because I want to reach the lost. Amen. 
The problem is the more we grow, the worse that this fivefold ministry thing, um, it, it becomes, there's a, there's a in, in the nature of a larger church is that you pay your pastor to do the work of the ministry. According to that Ephesians, the worst thing that you can do is get me to do ministry for you uh, because you have a gift. And the idea, if I'm doing my job right, is I'm, I'm attached to your leg as you're dragging you, me out the, the door of the church to get you to do ministry. Uh, and because uh, the, the problem is I am not the kingdom. And many people that only meet me are, are going to have a problem with the kingdom. I don't know if you know this, but I get on a lot of people's nerves. I don't know if you know this, but you get on a lot of people's nerves. And if the only thing that people know is you or me, it doesn't display the kingdom. And so uh, I, I promise you, uh, the Apostle Paul is going to lay into this. Uh, we need each other. So uh, I'm going to read most of everything from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today. And I'm going to try to read the whole thing in light of the fact that, um, yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, next week, we're going to talk about the most important thing you need to know about spiritual gifts is next week. And uh, then the 14th, uh, the, the, the following week, we're going to talk about uh, the, 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 when the gifts go bad, like when you've seen them working, just not right. You know, you've all been, uh, a lot of us have seen the church and don't want to be a part of it. And that's a, a large reason why a lot of people are sitting on the sidelines today, not using their gifts is because they've, they've seen it bullied. And uh, we want to try to figure out how to get to the bottom of that. So anyways, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, this is the, the top layer of the Oreo. Y'all know I talk about Oreos every week in church. Uh, or the, the spiritual gifts is, is an Oreo, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 14. And um, it's, it's the double-stuffed Oreo. We're going to double-stuff it here on 13 the next week. Okay, cool. I got to go. Did we pray yet? Let's pray. Jesus, please help. Help. Amen. As we start off, the Apostle Paul is, uh, is, is talking to uh, the, this church in Corinth that's, they're jacked up. This place is a hot mess. And uh, he's trying to dial some things back here in 12. And he says this, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about special abilities the Spirit gives you, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know um, that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. Uh, essentially, you were worshiping a God that didn't talk back to you. <laughs> Uh, so I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, before we get any further into this, I think verse 3 is important for some of you to understand. I need some of you to let your guard down a little bit. Uh, what I mean by that is the Apostle Paul is saying here in, in, in verse 3 is that um, no one who is led by the Spirit is ever going to curse Jesus. If you're ever in an or uh, you see a minister or an organization uh, putting themselves on the same playing field as Jesus or implying in any way, shape, or form that they are somehow graduated above Jesus, get away. 
Uh, that, that's when it just gets ugly. Like I, I'm all good with most all denominations of Christianity, uh, but when Jesus becomes equal or less than, um, the Apostle Paul is saying, run. Now, uh, the same thing can be said of things that you're seeing happening and you don't like it. I've seen some weird things in, in, in Christianity. Yo. I mean, I've seen some weird things. But what he's saying is if the Spirit of God is upon them, no one, let, let me read it to you again, verse 3. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, as we dive into this teaching here, the Apostle Paul is going to lean more onto the fact that there's some things that's happening in the body of Christ that you're not going to like. And you're going to need to know that if they're declaring that Jesus is Lord, eat the meat, spit out the bones. Wait, what? I'm saying that, that, that a lot of times there are some of you that attend our church, believe it or not, and you're weird. <laughs> but I, 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 I got to let you know, Weird people are needed in the body of Christ. You ever meet an artist? They're some of the weirdest people in the world. Their creativity is odd sometimes. But they're critical to the body of Christ. Their imagination is moving. And so you have to know, like, we need different. We were designed to be different. And we live in a day and an age that you have to understand like where we're at in 2020. Everything that we see when we turn on a television is telling us that if it's not perfect, it's wrong. And you could change the channel immediately. We discard anything that we don't like. And that's not the way it was ever designed to be in relationship in the body of Christ with each other. But we are getting good at saying, that person's annoying. They talk too much. I don't like them. And um, you need people that talk too much because some of you don't talk at all. Some of you are so stinking introverted, like, I need something out of you, you know? Do you understand we're going to need each other here? <laughs> That's good preaching there, preacher. Where's that offering? Here we go. Uh, verse four. So there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same spirit. Say that together. Same spirit is the source of all of them. I love that. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. I, I've seen some weird things. This is not part of my notes. I, I've, I've met homeless people that were crazy and, and more anointed than pastors. Oh, wow. And I'm telling you, like, if you're not careful, you'll just discard them because they're, they're homeless. Right. Right. And, and you got to know, like, oh, man, I, okay, here we go. I got to keep going. So verse 7, this is what you have to understand. I'm going to try to dig this out. What is the purpose of our spiritual gifts? Verse 7 is going gonna, is gonna to highlight this. What is the reason God gave you a gift? The reason why you have a gift a spiritual gift is given to each one of us so we can help each other. So we can help each other. So we can help each other. Man, I, I don't know. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse uh, 11, he's going to say that it's going to be so that we can, uh, so that this will continue until we all come into such unity. Uh, in Romans chapter 12, verse 4 through 5, 
Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. I'll tell you, I I love, Lacey, uh, a few months ago, uh, made this sign when you walk in the church, and it says, uh, a place to belong. And I realize that this is a massive problem of people that are incomplete in the body of Christ, is that you don't understand that you were designed to, to, to need each other. There was, uh, so all, all the sermon that I'm doing, it's all in the perspective of Tim Broughton. I actually only have one word today for you. I really felt like God told me, I need you. This is such a problem that I've found in the body of Christ that we don't know how to look at someone else and say, I, I need you. We don't know how to tell our spouses. We get angry and expect them to understand what we're saying. And really what we're saying is, I, I, I need you. No, 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 you don't understand. I love Jesus with all my heart. And yes, Tim Broton can serve Jesus without you. But you know what I can't do? I can't do church without you. I can't reach the lost without you. Why? Because if I was to be an evangelist, I'd go out there and reach the lost, who's going to teach them? Who's going to pastor them? Who's going to tell them that they're wrong? Who's going to help them understand black and white? Who's going to teach them values and core principles? This is something that we need to do together. Listen, someone said once, I would love to step up if someone would just ask me, I'm asking you. I'm telling you, you have a gift and I need you. How many times have, have you heard someone say like, no, I can't, I literally cannot do this without you. You know what would happen? It would be like someone when trying to run a race and their leg just went straight numb. It just looked awkward. What is that thing called when, when your muscle loses in your face? You know what I mean? Like we, 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 we're going paralyzed. If your gift isn't active today at the Way Community Church, where is it active at? Because if it's not, we're missing something big. And the problem that I have is, is and this is how the enemy speeds us up. He makes our life super complicated, super busy, super, and we're like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed in life. And the first thing we quit is the church. The first thing that we stop doing is the very thing that's supposed to give us purpose. I'm not like, I, please understand, you need to provide for your family. But we have so much, like, wh- why can't we give up television? Why can't we give up like these other things that are occupying a massive amount of time in our lives? Why does the church have to be the first thing to go? That's the one thing you're doing that's giving back to community. It's giving hope to other people. When people who don't know Christ walk into a building that's designed to have nothing but love for each other, this place is stinking weird. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, it's... it's it's God's great army. Like, think about like the greatest, the most powerful thing that we see on planet Earth is the U.S. military. And it has many body parts, right? The Marines, the, the, our Air Force, the, the Coast Guard. I mean, we need all of these things. And they have multiple body parts from intelligence to computer geeks to like, I mean, there's all different parts that we need. And they're not the, str- the, the God designed the church 
to stand before the gates of hell and not prevail. I need you. I got to get back to the sermon. Here we go. Jesus, help. Amen. Verse 8. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wisdom, give wise advice. Uh, to, uh, oh, so I, yeah, I have this illustration I got to do for you. The Bible says that there are 16 different um, spiritual gifts that's listed throughout the New Testament. 16 of them. And so I'm going to do this quick. Hey, can I get someone to help me here? That'd be great. Yeah, because I'm probably going to mess this thing up and then it's going to be all weird and then the body of Christ is going to be broken laying across the ground and everything like that. Someone's going to be like, that's prophetic. It is. I mean, like, right, here we go. It's pathetic also. Here we go. So to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. How many of you know that's needed in the church? Wisdom. Like I've been there, done that. You shouldn't do it, kid. I remember when the Wake Community Church only had two old people. Tracy and Scott. Yes, you're still old. <laughs> we love you. And, and we would pray all the time for more old people. When old people came to our church, we would, I would feel like I can I pay them to stay. Because we need, we had so much youthfulness in our church that it was like, what's going to happen if a marriage is going through it? And me and my wife just got done arguing on our way to church. Who's going to sign up for that job? We need wisdom. All right, I have to keep going. Uh, and to another, the same spirit gives a message of, uh, of special knowledge. So, so to one, knowledge. And the same, and it's different, knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom is, is more practical. Knowledge is a lot more of information. And they, you know, I mean, they, they just, they can download stuff. The same spirit gives great faith to another. Let's start this over for a second. This is random. If you're here today, I'm going to read these again. If that's you, would you stand up? To the same spirit, so he gives wisdom. If you, if you, if you equal wisdom, stand up. Brady, that's you. Let me just tell you. Brady, that's your wisdom. To another, the same spirit uh, gives uh, knowledge. Who here has just gotten uh, download information? Knowledge. To the, uh, okay, you can have a seat. The, to another, uh, great faith. Who's got faith up in here? I believe. I believe the same spirit to someone else gives the gift of healing. Who has the gift of healing here? Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. To another uh, that perform miracles. Y'all definitely got the gift of miracles. Um, I have the gift of miracles. I deceived my wife to marry me. It's a miracle, y'all. Uh, uh, to another, the gift of prophecy. Anyone have the gift of prophecy here? It's great. To another, uh, so to someone else, he gives discernment. Man, this is an important one, y'all. <laughs> discernment are the ones looking at you going, I'll trust you one minute, Jack. <laughs> uh, to another, uh, Spirit of God, another Spirit still, and the person gives the ability to speak in unknown languages. Who can speak in unknown languages? Uh, to another, the ability to interpret what was spoken in an unknown language. Uh, it is one and only spirit that distributes all these gifts, and he alone decides which gift each person should have. 
And so now as you go on in verse 12, what, what's going to happen here is the same thing that's happening to us. You ever watch Survivor or uh, uh, any of these modern day TV shows that have like people competing and like at the end of the show, someone gets eliminated, you know, and you always pick your favorites. Society is teaching us to pick our favorites in the body of Christ. What's going to happen is there are some of you that were drawn to the Way Community Church because you like Pastor Tim, less Rachel, more me, right? What's going to happen is, and so this is a lot like marriage, okay? Oh, this is a good revelation for some of you here. When you find someone that you're deeply in love with, it's because they're the opposite of you. And you think this is so awesome. And then the longer that you're around them, they annoy the crap out of you. This is what will happen in the church. I'm an evangelist, okay? So there's a lot of people here that have the gift of teaching, that they're like, man, I love the Way Community Church. Pastor Tim's so awesome. He's so outgoing and exuberant. And the longer that you're here, they're like, man, where the heck is all the teaching at? I drew you here. Why aren't you doing it? I can't, I'm not a teacher. Like some of you are going to hear this sermon today and be like, man, he botched that thing so bad. Like that was the worst thing ever. And you, you're right, because it's your teaching. I need your gift to make this thing complete. It's a lot like marriage, you know, but you can't, you can't, if you're doing this right, you, you marry the bride of Christ. And what that means is we're in this together. <laughs> I don't know what I said. My wife thinks it's funny. All right. Oftentimes on the car ride home, she lets me know you should never say that again. <laughs> All right. So the human body has many parts, but many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews and some of us are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves and some are free, but we all have been baptized into one body, one spirit, and we are all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. But if the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not the hand, then it doesn't make it any less uh, part of the body. But if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? Listen to this, verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the, so, so if all we have is great teaching, who the heck is reaching the lost? Because I got to tell you, like, you ever go to a party that doesn't have anyone that's outgoing there? You can have that party. That's what the church looks like without someone that's outgoing. I'm the outgoing guy, right? That was kind of arrogant, I think. <laughs> but really, like, I think the problem is sometimes the church, we think that this is our party, that this is designed for us. And if we're reading what we read last week, Jesus said, I'm not praying for the world. I'm praying for the church that we would be one so the world would look at us and say, yep. But our bodies have many parts and God has put each uh, where it wants. How strange would the body be if it had only one part? Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. A long time ago, I had a, a, a preacher uh, tell me, um, I, I was asking him about what, what's God called me to do. I'm trying to figure out what God's called me to do. And he's just find a hole and fill it. 
whatever you see is the biggest problem. That's what God's called you to do. But I'm not good at that. That's going to, um, I'm there too early. All right, so in, in, in verse, here, in, in fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest, in verse 22 says this, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. So if we're not careful, we would think that the pastor or the guy standing on stage is the most important. I don't set the tone of the culture. So it's, it's, it's actually the, the things you don't see that are most important. Paul says it this way. And then the parts that we regard as less honorable are those that we clothe with the greatest care. The heart of the church are those that have humility, that are those that serve, those that give. It's all the things that you're not seeing. Like the, 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 what makes our church so good is we have so many people that serve. How many of y'all enjoyed the worship team? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you how, how much they practiced for you to see what happened this morning. Not only did they practice for two hours on Thursday night, they came back and did worship on Friday night for two hours. They came on Saturday and were here doing worship for four hours. Our media team, the reason why things look good and sound good is not actually, like Rachel does in Deb, they sound good, yeah, but not without anyone that makes them sound good. You got a bad sound guy back there, we're all in trouble. <laughs> and it's because these guys serve. So the fact that the, the folks are at home right now enjoying service, it's not because of me, it's because of what's underneath this thing that's saying, hey, I'll make this better. We have a culture here in our church. When you, you say this is your church, great. Let's get to work. All of us. Let's all do one thing a little bit. And then it's not heavy lifting for anyone. And the things that you see out of order the most are the things that God's calling you to be a part of. Does this make sense? Yeah. All, verse 27, all of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is part of it. Here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Listen, I've seen some of the strongest active churches that have miracle signs and wonders moving in it. They, they're terrible at leadership and they fall apart. Like you gotta have a plan also for when God moves. What are we doing after this service is over? Because it's not designed for us all to get goosebumps and leave. That's the worst thing that we can do. Does this make sense? And so I, I've, I've seen several people say that some of these gifts are dead. And um, here's what I know that I have found to be true. I think that many of us have stopped at parts that we failed at. Or we tried and it didn't work. For example... Healing can't be relevant for today because I've prayed and it didn't work. There are so many things I've done and failed at. I could write a book about failing. Uh, Michael Jordan, the greatest athlete ever says, I, I, I'm butchering his quote, but he, he says that it's not, it's not how many times I made the shot, it's how many times I missed the shot and chose to shoot it again. You don't ride a bike in one day. You don't learn, like, you don't ask, like, I've chased Teresa down for five years before she finally said yes to me. You know what I mean? Like, you got to figure this thing out. I'm sorry, Trey. Um, 
All right. So remember I told you that there was um, two parts of the service that I felt like God was going to speak to me about? This is the other one. This is really embarrassing to me. Um, but I felt like months ago that the Lord told me to do this for your sake. And so I'm rolling with it. This is by faith. This is like walking on water for me. I'm probably going to sink in the middle of it here, but here we go. Um, there are uh, many of you don't know what your gift is. And uh, what I would ask you is, how do you discover your gift? How would you discover your gift? Well, in Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 3 through like 8, he's going to talk about the spiritual gifts. He's going to say, hey, listen, in considering spiritual gifts, I don't want you to think that you're better than the other gifts. And that's always the problem. My gift is always more important than everyone else's. My opinion is always better than everyone else's. Isn't this the, the world we live on Facebook right now? Is there anyone on Facebook that's wrong? <laughs> when he starts off 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and he's talking about spiritual gifts, he actually starts it with my favorite ver- one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. And I didn't realize he was talking about spiritual gifts. And, uh, and it's this verse here. He says... Um, Let me find it for you. I don't know if I put it up there. He says, dear brothers, I plead with you that you give your bodies to the Lord because of all that he has done. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the the, the behavior or the customs of this world and let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And then he goes on to talk about spiritual gifts. He's saying, hey, look, I want you to give your lives as a living sacrifice to Christ. This is difficult. I don't know if you know, sacrifice isn't easy. And it's not fun, and it doesn't feel good. And starting something for Christ generally is really difficult. It's like asking someone out on a date for the first time. Um, it's really uncomfortable. It takes a tremendous amount of faith. But you need to know that we're seeing life right now through the lens of perfection. And we compare ourselves to everything that's perfect and ask ourselves if we're there yet, especially if it's for God. I was in a meeting last week and there was a gentleman there who uh, was, is very successful in, biz, in the corporate world. And he said, I, I'm, I'm going to quote him. He said, it's funny to me that everything that my boss has asked me to do, including speaking in front of public, I would do because they asked me. But if God asked me to do it, it was far more difficult. And that I have found true amongst the body of Christ. Why is it that if God asks you to do something, if you don't feel adequate enough, you discard it? I think it's funny that, that, that Samson was called to deliver Israel, yet couldn't deliver himself. Moses was called to be the spokesman for Israel on God's behalf and had a speech impediment. I think it's funny that God called Peter to be a disciple and he was a cast off, couldn't even fish right. I mean, like, like these guys that God has called, he's not calling you to be great. You're calling, he'll be great through you. He don't need you to be great. Let him do that. I, I, I can't explain this enough. Really, there's a brokenness in all of us. And it's that brokenness. If we're willing to be vulnerable and honest, 
We just give our lives and it creates this masterpiece of a puzzle. I just need you to be you. I need you to surrender yourself to the will of God and let God move through you. This is how I'm going to try to close this service, or at least the first close. I felt like the Lord told me that I was going to lead you guys in a song today. I kid you not. I kid you not. If you're visiting, you need to know there's a lot of good singers in this room. I isn't one of them. But God doesn't need me to be good to move on behalf of you. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to choose the thing that I do the worst. When I first became a Christian, um, I actually, I, there's some people that are watching online that are from this town that I used to be a youth pastor in. And I was youth pastor of like, I don't know, several kids. And uh, I was their worship leader. And uh, I also, not only was I the worship leader, but I was also the drummer at the same time. And it was fantastic. God doesn't need you to be great. He just needs you to, to be available. So I don't know why he's asking me to do this today, but I think he's asking me to embarrass myself. So you understand, how, how do you discover your gift? You, you, you got to ask yourself, are you willing to be a fool? Are you willing to not be great? Or do you need to be perfect? Do you need to be put together? Do you, do you need the world to see that you're fantastic in everything? Because I got to tell you, I, you you'll, you'll, never, you'll never get there. If you, if you need to be great, the show's about you. It's not about him. Um, if you know this, uh, you can sing it with me. But um, there's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. Living hope, it's your presence, Lord, and I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Sing it one more time with me. Yes. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. 
as we close, um, God gave you a gift. I need you. Your gift wasn't for you. It was for me. It was for us. And I know some of you are struggling and you're in a mess right now, but I'm telling you, you're going to stay there until you're willing to pour yourself out. Jesus was broken for you and me. And I know some of you are broken right now, but I, I got to tell you, I've been doing this thing called Christianity long enough to understand the longer you hide, the longer you stay. Bring your brokenness out into the light and God will shine on it. Some of you, it's your marriage. Some of you, it's your finances. Some of you, it's things online. No one else knows, but the Lord knows it. And regardless of what's going on, the Lord didn't call Peter when he was perfect. He called him when he was broken. We'll get there together if you're willing to be honest about who you are and what's going on inside. You'll find multiple more levels of freedom. Would you do me a favor? I believe the Holy Spirit is here in this room right now. Would you all... Bow your heads for just a second of intimacy and, 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 and close your eyes. I believe that the Holy Spirit is moving in this room right now. God has a plan for your life. And some of you haven't surrendered that life to Jesus. It starts here. Last week we said that God has a gift for you, but the first thing he wants you to know is that you are a gift for him. I'm talking to everyone at online and at home and everyone here. If you're here today and, and you'd say, you know what, I haven't surrendered my life as a living sacrifice to the one who sacrificed for me. I want to bring you to a place where you belong and that's the foot of the cross. Yeah. Welcome home today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you and you'd say, I need to give my life to Jesus, would you raise your hand right now? God bless you, man, God bless you. Jesus. The Holy Spirit's moving in this room today. Yeah. Father, I'm thankful for your family. It's really a gift to so many of us right now that are living just fine in isolation, but we haven't found purpose. Our purpose was a place to be along, a place that we wouldn't be alone. And I'm thankful, oh God, that you're calling us to greater levels. I pray over every person in this room right now, in the name of Christ Jesus, that you would speak to us about the things that are inside of us and teach us how to unlock them to come out. Only you can do this. I pray that you would teach us people in this room that we can share these dreams with. All I want is to honor you, my creator, the lover of my soul, with my life. You can have it all. Some of you, uh, I'm sorry, some of you have been hurt by the church and you're scared to get involved again because you were done wrong. I just want you to know, you, 
you're going to have to forgive as Christ forgave you. Lord, I'm thankful for this day and I'm thankful that you are with us and I'm thankful that you go with us. Don't stop moving in our lives. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, two things I need you to know. One, um, if you haven't, if you want to know what your spiritual gift is, there's no way that we can tell you what your gift is. But uh, we have a class called Next Steps, and it helps people on board into our church. And one of the things we do in that class is they take a test, and you can really weed out some of the things that are not your gifting, like singing. Um, and um, uh, the next thing is, um, if you are not currently in community. I believe that you will grow far more in a circle than you will in a row. Thanks for coming here. But like these house churches we're doing, they're all over the city. And I believe that there's probably two people here tonight, today that need to start one this week. Um, reach out to my wife. She'll help you get started with that. I love you guys so much. Um, and uh, I'm super thankful for where we're going. And um, that's it. Oh, also, super cool. Father, I pray for these shoes back here. There's hundreds of them. I pray that each pair of shoes finds the right kid. How awesome would it be for a kid to go home with a ratty pair of shoes and see their, their mom who is trying so hard to provide for them. And the kid say, where'd you get those shoes? And the kid say, I think some church gave it to us, mom. Father, I pray they find the right home. We want the world to know that the church is still alive. And it's because of you, Lord, because you're alive in our hearts. We love you. And all God's people said, amen. Go be the church, guys. I love you. Talk to you soon.